The Scream Kings are in no way responsible for any encounters with the paranormal, extraterrestrial abductions, eldritch insanity, hauntings, curses, hexes, demonic possessions, cryptozoological sightings, or any loss of sleep that may result from listening to this podcast. This is a Scream Kings podcast. This is Max George. This is Nathaniel Darkish. This is Taylor Haslam. If you're a caver, jumper, climber, podcaster, you just do it, not give a shite. Or the thing that's bigger than you will get you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the wonderful, wonderful podcast that is the Scream Kings. With a honorary Scream Queen this time around. An actual physical female. Yes. Yep. And, and token female on the show. I, I get how it is. <laughs> I tried to get a few other females, but unfortunately they were preoccupied with other things. What does that say about you? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm very honored to be a guest today. Yes, Nathaniel, please tell us why Taylor's even here. Wow. <laughs> well, she one, she, she has great insight, as we have seen in previous episodes. And also, because it's Women in Horror Month, and it would be really lame if it was just two guys talking about Women in Horror Month without actually having a female perspective. So when's Men in Horror Month and I get to become the lead podcaster? Uh, it's the other 11 months of the year. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know if that applies to the situation, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that we have to have one month out of the year to be Female Horror Month when all the years should be the same, you know? Right. I mean, when I found out about it, I was a little confused. <laughs> I mean, super great. It's super, super great to represent women in horror movies, especially because there are so many amazing ones, which we will get into. Well, and I think women have often been the original horror t storytellers. Like, if you think about... All the old wives' tales and all the stories that women used to pass among each other, you know, years and years ago. Well, uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'd say much of horror comes from traditions of things like witches. And, you know, I, I think women and, and sometimes a fear of women has, has long been a part of our folklore history. And I think that's you know, definitely carried over into the modern horror genre. And honestly, like one of the biggest names in you know, early horror was Mary Shelley. So right. it makes sense that we should be talking about uh, women's contributions to horror more than we do. And, but yeah, I think it's, it's fun that, that, that we do have, you know, a, a specific month where we kind of get to really dig in and, and put some, some spotlights on female characters and female creators that deserve it. And I think I think it's an important to note too, like Nathaniel, you and I talked about kind of getting a, a list together of some of our favorite women in horror, and we thought about, okay, let's maybe pick three, and at least for me, that three turned into five, and then that five turned into nine, and then that nine turned into 13, and like, there's just so much talent out there. Um, it blows my mind. It's just wonderful to see. I agree. And and yeah, and, and I, I love that a lot of these women who are involved in, in making you know the horror we have today are able to help really refine and, and help us focus in on on perspectives that of storytelling that we don't necessarily always otherwise get 
uh, just through a, a male lens. So I think it's really important that that we have these talented women, you know, making horror, so so we can have a a, a wider lens on on what horror is and and what it should be. Exactly. So three cheers to all the women out there who are part of this wonderful, wonderful genre. This episode is dedicated to you all. Hear, hear. Huzzah! <laughs> you need to add the third cheer. <laughs> <laughs> and to start us off for this episode, we wanted to talk about a movie that is very empowering, I think, to women actors in horror. I don't know if empowering is the right word, but I think it Sure. I mean, it's it's not f- offensive. <laughs> I know. I, I just am thinking, you know, as the, the cave monsters are slowly eating them one by one, that doesn't really strike empowerment <laughs> to me. Right. <laughs> um, but the characters are all females, and they're not that terrible trope that you, you commonly see sometimes in horror movies. And if you haven't guessed it by now, we're talking about The Descent, which originally was not one of my favorite horror movies. I just barely rewatched it today in preparation for this, and I've changed my mind about a few things. Wait, you know how to change your mind? Wow, women are going to be learning so much from this podcast. Men can change their mind. Oh my gosh. Okay, you can't (laughs) harass us. Oh, I can and I will. (laughs) Yeah, don't tell her what to do. She's a strong, independent woman. Uh (laughs) Oh man, okay. I'm I'm just going to let you two tackle this one, okay? What do you mean you don't know? There's no breeze. It could be any one of these tunnels. Take your pick. All right, let's descend into ah. the descent. See I what see I did what there? You did there. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All right, Nathaniel, you appreciate this movie a little bit more than I do. So, how about you give us kind of your thoughts and opinions about it? Okay, Taylor just made a gesture of, "Hey, I like this movie a lot too. Why are you skipping me?" So, I'm actually going to turn it over to her oh, first. I was totally joking, but okay. No, I was, I was mostly joking like, oh, it's Women's Month. Why don't I get to go first? But I mean, if you're going to hand me the microphone, I will take it. Do it. <laughs> I was going to say, I okay, the reason I love The Descent is from the get-go, I like that it was just about, not even that they were women at first, just that they were characters and that they had some sort of backstory. You don't quite know everything yet. And as time goes on, it, to me, it's really about female friendships and how... Oh my goodness, like we depend on each other so much. Like we women like tell each other too much. We depend on each other a little too much sometimes. And so watching this movie, I felt like I was going through the motions of a female friendship and of friendships I've lost, friendships I've ruined because of mistakes. Like what's her bucket? But <laughs> Juno. Yeah. Juno, yeah. I have a lot of feelings about Juno. Yeah, me too, and not not really good ones. <laughs> well, we'll we'll get to those. So some of the things that I love about this film is uh, that it is a an all-female cast, which is really not very common in really any film, much less in horror. I mean, you know, I mean, you'll you'll see, I guess, all-female, you know, leads. remakes. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally, yeah, in 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 like a, a reboot of something, or sometimes you know you'll see it in kind of more, I guess. Chick, chick fiction kind of stuff. Yeah, like ch- yeah, specifically targeted just for women. So I appreciate that this movie is a movie that stands on its own legs. Yeah, and so I I love that it is a strong cast of female characters, and like it, it's very natural to the plot. Like, yeah, it makes sense that that it would be all women going on this adventure together. You know that they're just going to go spelunking. They're very competent, which I think is really refreshing to see. You know, we we don't see any of the the big like negative stereotypes in a lot of horror representation of women 
you know, like they're all very good at what they do. They're, you know, very skilled at, at spelunking and, and at very various things, both uh, in terms of intelligence and also their physical prowess. I really like that. Kind of moving away from just the the ways that it shines in terms of having a female cast, I really like that it also does a really great job of kind of having multiple types of horror featured in the film. Like, I really love that for the first chunk of the movie it's a it's still a very terrifying movie before we ever see a single monster oh yeah i remember i i you literally had to remind me to breathe because i was holding my breath in attempts to help the heroines on screen (laughs) and even when the monsters do kind of make their appearance there's almost like a secondary character the cave itself is what the real horror is of the movie in my opinion you know there's the claustrophobia that they're struggling with it's the betrayal of juno that they're struggling with really the monsters are just kind of there to to terrorize them but they've already gotten to that point themselves it's only kind of like a ratcheting up of the tension in the film like everything has already gone horribly wrong they are already in extreme danger and then the monsters show up. So I think that's a really good way to do that. Well, and for me, it's symbolic because when you do have a good support system, and I think you can you can say this of any friends regardless of sex, but sometimes there's something special about female relationships where if you can band together, it's almost like risk of sounding like a company. It's almost like synergy. And you're able to overcome a lot because, you know, you have these resources and sometimes we're resourceful in ways that, I don't know, I find really intriguing and so as i watch the monsters come out it's like okay this is the opportunity for you to put some of your problems behind you and band together and be the amazing she friends that you could be and so it's interesting to see how each of them reacts because i feel like the way each of them reacts is based on what's going on with them emotionally and kind of along those lines i really like that a lot of the reason why the characters generally ultimately you know fail and and die i mean not all of them but but the majority of them you know run in, in, into the problem not of being able to uh, defeat these monsters it's basically when their relationships and and their their cohesion as a team falls apart that's when things get really really bad yes And I think that kind of is initiated at the beginning um, and slowly again, not to make a pun, but the descent of those friendships just falling apart and breaking to the point at the very ending where Juno gets what's coming to her. You know, again, I think the title of of the movie is more about what happens to them as individuals more so than maybe descending into a physical cave. And I mean, do you feel like if Juno hadn't been so deceptive and something similar had happened like a cave-in, do you think she would have made it out with everyone? I think that's a very, very good point. You know, once Juno kind of realized, or she admitted to the rest of the girls that she, you know, had this crazy scheme up her sleeve that's where they all kind of had their fate sealed had they been able to work together and kept that camaraderie i think they would have been able to make a few more logical decisions and actually kind of come together and think about it because like nathaniel mentioned that they were all very capable women so if they could have you know got together and really thought this through i think the ending may have been different right and you know again i think that 
cave can be allegorical in so many ways because when you're dealing with something like anxiety, depression, like I had postpartum depression after we had our kid. And if I didn't have, you know, my support of women, I would have suffocated. And so like you, and I know not everyone has that experience that I did, but I feel like everyone can relate to things like that. Yeah. And, and, and I love that this film is built on backstory of lost. Sarah's husband is dead and daughter is dead. And then there's another level of loss that happens with the learning of, of how Juno had, had been cheating with the husband and stuff like that. Like, I, I, I love how, yeah, the ways that these characters fell apart and their relationship fell apart, it, it's, it kind of mirrors a cave in that there, there seemed to be like small things at the surface. The, the problems were actually much bigger and much more complicated than they appeared at first glance. You don't really know what this cave system of awfulness uh, is going to really hold until you start to really explore it. So we have a lot more content to cover for this special episode. Let's maybe get into what we thought was the scariest and the best parts of the movie. Um, and I can go first. I think the scariest part for me was when we first find out what Juno has planned. I projected myself a lot into kind of the group. And if I heard that on a camping trip or this kind of cave trip, I would be so upset. Oh, very. So upset, especially to the part where she finally admits about the betrayal. And honestly, that like shock and fear of oh my god we are stuck in a cave that has never been explored before and i don't know if there's a way out the dread that kind of came with that that moment ugh, right terrifying here's juno the alpha female and she doesn't know the way out so what do you do <laughs> and even re-watching it again that part just absolutely terrifies me another part that i thought was just brilliant about this movie is the opening like five minutes where it just it doesn't give you any time to breathe, kind of like you mentioned, Taylor, that really a good part about this movie is you're almost holding your breath the entire way through, which is a good indicator of an awesome horror film. My favorite part of the movie is kind of twofold. One has to do with kind of the horror of the cave, and the other part has to do with the horror of the monsters. The first part with the horror of the cave is when Juno admits the betrayal and everything, and they come to this giant ravine, and the girls have to like stick these crazy climbing instruments in the rock and they're like holding their entire weight above this chasm and slowly like making their way across and the scene lasts about i'd say five or ten minutes and it's insane for someone who's afraid of heights that i i'd be done i'd be like okay you guys go ahead i'm out peace out i'm I done i can attest to this i once went on a ferris wheel with max i will never be doing that ever again <laughs> yes good choice Good and I wouldn't choice. want to put you through that ever again. Just like how you would never like throw a tarantula at me. It's fine. <laughs> it's true. We know our boundaries. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, the second favorite part that I really loved is when we first see the creatures for the very first time. It reminded me a lot of the scene in Signs where you see the alien just kind of slowly walk across the alleyway and you don't get a great look at it. It's very quick, but it's when I believe her name is holly falls down the big pit first and she can kind of hear these crazy sounds going on at the distance and she starts flinging her flashlight around and the light hits the monster and he just kind of gets up and moves slowly behind the rock and it's like oh my gosh there's more to this damn cave right oh well, it's like oh it was so not good. only is there no escape well at first they we wanted someone to be in here with us to help us and now we just want to be alone thank you <laughs> And I always find that intriguing yeah. because it's, yeah, I love a good horror movie when it makes you regret something you wished for. I always feel like that's very good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The scariest part for me was just honestly, anytime 
that they had to crawl through some small orifice because I don't get claustrophobic unless I know that there's no escape or I don't know what the escape is. I could never go into one of those boxes, I can't remember what they're called, where you train to become like spelunker. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I could never go through one of those boxes, even knowing that it's man-made and they're going to guide you through it as an exercise I could never, ever spelunk. <laughs> so for me, one of the, I think, most powerful parts of, of the film in terms of effective horror really came down to when Juno started doing things to kind of wound her friends to make it so it would be easier for her to escape the monsters. She is a terrible human being. Can we just say that? Yes, and I terrible. And I tell you, I like I project into her every female friendship that's gone awry that could have had this amazing potential and like it didn't work out due to, you know, drama or maybe something else and it just, you know, it hurts you because you feel like you've lost a sister and for Juno to betray all of them like that she's the leader she's you know the one that you know you might have let your safe you might have put your idea of safety with her originally and to have that ripped out from under you is that's that's the true terror <laughs> kind of in, uh, along the lines of this something i find really interesting about that uh, is just you know like from a writing perspective i think it's really fascinating to kind of look at how the writer looked at at her psychology as a character and kind of went she's done this thing she's put them in this situation which they all feel extremely betrayed by justifiably and she also has this deep dark secret about the affair that is also a reason you know that that she's kind of distanced from the others and so i think psychologically she kind of got to the point where she realized that she didn't have the relationship that she wanted with these others. There was kind of no repairing it. There, you know, this adventure wasn't going to fix anything. And so she ultimately just decided to kind of cut ties with all of her friends and basically said, okay, like now at this point, because I don't have the, these relationships anymore, I've already destroyed them. Like their, their lives, their safety, it no longer matters to me. You know, I don't even care that she had all of that like inner turmoil. She was a terrible, terrible Yes, because you... She was selfish from the beginning and selfish to the very end. Right, you still have your choices regardless of what's been acted upon you most often. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and ultimately, like it was all her decisions that, that led them deeper and deeper into this uh, literal and metaphorical descent Departing from even just the descent, I think that's the maternal figure, the figure you trust, your confidant. I think that it's amazing how it's played with in horror because sometimes there's the innocent nurturing woman and she becomes the victim, like in the birds, for example. And then sometimes when a woman makes a mistake and you're shocked that she would do it, like in Psycho, when she takes that money, you're like, how are you going to do this? How are you going to leave your life behind? And, you know, you see how all these people tried to pin her down and she just ran. And then I think it's amazing to see how sometimes there's that maternal figure who turns out to be evil, like Jason's mom. And then sometimes the mom, the mom factor is amazing, like in The Ring. <laughs> like, I, I could go on and on. Or the Babadook. Or... Yes. So I, is there anything about The Descent that you didn't like as much? We'll just hit these points uh, real quick. There is a lot for me. I guess I can kind of go over a few things real quick. I thought some of the camera angles were really, really difficult at some times. I get that they were in a cave. I get it was supposed to feel claustrophobic. Um, it just ugh, felt a little... I don't know. It, it sometimes made me a little nauseous at parts. I think that was on purpose, and I think that is a plus point on the film, You Crazy Person. I get that. I get that, but... It, 
there were some points where I just kind of felt it was too much. Um, and you can hate me. It's fine. Whatever. No, I don't hate you. You're um, just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I get told that too much. <laughs> Another part that wasn't my favorite was the hue. I thought that there were some weird color adaptations. I feel like that that's a problem on. in a lot of movies right now. Like, they need to get their um, color under control. <laughs> but at the beginning, even at the end, it, I don't know, it felt really saturated and kind of odd. And then this is just because I'm stupid, but the science of it all really kind of bothered that me. That is always important. Um, <laughs> you know, the the one girl who, like, lit a fire with two of her carabiners and the fire just, like, blazed <laughs> to life in this super okay. damp cave that's been raining for 70% of the movie. Like, come right. on. It's like, it's like on. when they light a fire in Spongebob. You're like, how did that even happen? <laughs> so anyway, those were just kind of a few parts. And like I said, when I first saw this movie, it wasn't my favorite, but re-watching it and kind of thinking about how the cave itself was a bigger part of the horror and and a few other things i really came to appreciate it a lot more there are a few things that i i don't love but it is what it is one thing that i didn't love as much about the film was just that outside of sarah and juno a number or pretty much the rest of the main cast were kind of not fully fleshed out they kind of felt like like you kind of know that that they're they're going to end up dead because you just didn't really get to understand them as characters as much. So that was just like one critique I had of, of the film. Well, how many screams and how many crowns from each of you? Ready, set, go. Seven screams, eight crowns. Um, screams, I'm probably going to give it a six. I thought it had some pretty good scary parts. A six, better than a five. What about crowns? Probably a five. It was a good solid movie. I think it's a good like date night movie. It's a good kind of gateway into horror movie. Um, I thought it could be better. All right, what do, what about you, Taylor? This is out of 10. Well, 8 out of 10, because I'm naturally claustrophobic screams. And I'd say 7 out of 10 crowns. So going on with the, you know, the types of women we talked about earlier, what other movies or characters are your favorites? Actually, real quick, before okay. we jump into That's that. That's fine. I just wanted to acknowledge briefly that there is a sequel to this end. And also... I guess we don't talk about the two endings, but there's a sequel to The Descent, and it exists, and it was not very good. I watched about half of it and got bored and turned it off. So, there we go. She goes back in the cave. All that needs to be said. <laughs> Why does she even go back into the cave? I need to know now. The plot of the second one is basically, she has escaped the cave, she goes to a hospital, they're like... Because she's covered in blood, they see like find a bunch of different people's blood on her. They start suspecting that she like maybe went crazy and killed all her friends. So the local police and some local like spelunker people all force her to go back into the cave with them, and they start getting killed by monsters. It's basically like I don't know. It it sucked. I have no idea even how it ended, and I didn't really care because it sucked. It was a bad sequel. But there are two endings of this movie, the original one. Before we move on that I wanted to acknowledge. Uh, so there is the U.S. ending, which is actually like the censored kind of edited one. That one ends basically Sarah has gotten out. She sits down in her car and then she like glances over and sees basically like a ghostly apparition of Juno screams, you know, cut to black. Yeah, which was, I hated it, honestly. I thought that was, it was like a one last pity jump scream, you know, it just felt cheap. The U.K., you know, original ending then actually continues from there. So it cuts to black and then she 
opens her eyes, and she's actually back in the cave. She didn't actually escape. That was all, like, you know, a, a dream or a fantasy or something like that. And you see her then, basically, like, the the crawlers descending on her. And then it, you know, roll credits. So Why basically, I think we as a U.S. audience couldn't handle that. We're just as cool as the U.K. It was too bleak for American audiences. Ugh, I love dark endings, and I hate how American movies have to make everything end so happy and happily ever after. Right, like, why yeah. are they remaking Broadchurch? I have no idea. <laughs> Anyhow. Okay, but yeah, let's go back to women and horror, because that's really what we want to talk about. Yeah, and we have a lot to say about this. Yes. First things first, do we want to talk about, like, characters, and then, like actual real life people yeah let's start there i think would be the the best place to do it so what are your favorite some of your favorite female heroines or final girls for me and i just read this recently it's a fantastic book which i'm gonna ooze all over in a few weeks um it's a book called my best friend's exorcism if you haven't read it it's phenomenal and we have some exciting news that we will give you all at the end of the podcast so now you have to stick with oh. us because i have some exciting now news. i'm intrigued dun, dun, dun. <laughs> anyway this book is about two best friends and one of them gets possessed by demons that's why i love it and the characters are awesome they're so fleshed out it really reminded me somewhat of the descent they're both very able people um and kind of the relationship is very real you know they fight they don't always get along uh, but at the end of the day, and I don't want to spoil the book too much now, I'll wait for our special news, they overcome this possession in a very different way that is pretty normalized in the horror genre. And it was just so refreshing to kind of get that different type of a viewpoint on the possession story and just in a horror novel itself. It, it was amazing. I was really, really impressed with Gretchen and Abby from My Best Friend's Exorcism. What about you, Taylor? Who's one of your favorite horror heroines slash final girls? There will always be a special place in my heart for Janet Lee from Psycho. She didn't eat. She's so good. She is. They just the whole cast is so good good because they capture how we don't always use explicit language with one another, and it's what you infer sometimes that's what's truly terrifying. And she acts through the motions of you know the script emotionally and you can see what she's thinking even when she's not talking and so i think that kind of classical acting is my favorite especially because so many movies nowadays have a dialogue that's so on the nose and so i love when there's nuance because we're intelligent creatures and we don't like to talk too directly and sometimes it's too hard to say something because you're afraid it might be true or you don't know how to express it and the the way we form our sentences is really just the top layer. So I love, I love, I love her. <laughs> but I wouldn't say she was a heroine or anything uh, in that show. She, she was a, a an early in the film victim. All right, you take that yeah. back right now. We love her, okay? Um, the sister <laughs> was a heroine. Ugh. That is true. I am upset with you right <laughs> hey, now. I said final girl. Final girls live. <laughs> okay. Well, oh, my favorite final girl. Ooh. Um, you know, I really, I don't know if anyone else loves this movie as much as I do, but I really love the mom in The Ring because I love that she has a passion for what she's doing already, but once her child's involved, there's no stopping her. And so I love that she is willing to risk everything for that because I want to be that kind of mom that could take down Samara for my child. 
Uh, yeah, I don't love the mom, <laughs> but that's okay. I have a whole list of great female heroines that oh, wait, I wait, want wait. to talk about. What's the name of the actress who was the original Morticia? We're not talking about actresses yet. Okay, fine. Well, I love Morticia. There. <laughs> okay, whatever. Okay, I wanted to talk about, let's see, Nancy from the Nightmare on Elm Street films. She's awesome for so many reasons. Ripley from the Alien films. Because I was... I was waiting for that right. one. Clarice. I, d- I didn't put Ripley or Clarice on my list because I knew they would be on your list. Well, they uh, deserve to be there, so. All right. Are we ready to go into, like, amazing actresses who are out there who just blow my mind? Yes. No. <laughs> Let's hey, talk villains. Wi- I'm sorry. It's women in horror months, so I, w- I say goes, and I say Max gets to talk about whatever he wants. But I wanted to talk about villains. We will talk about villains, too. We can talk about villains right now. Oh my now, gosh. You Do you see how so gracious sad. your bro is? Like, he's got your back. <laughs> and he's almost as awesome as a woman in horror. Aww. <laughs> Aww, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nathaniel, because you want to talk about villains and horror so much, let's hear it. So, I actually have lots of thoughts about the representation of women is in terms of villains in horror. So, I have some really great examples. And then I had something that I wanted to be a discussion topic. So some of my favorite female villains would be Samara from The Ring. She's very creepy, very powerful. Vengeance! (laughs) Yeah. I I think she's a a really cool villain. Annie Wilkes from Misery is utterly terrifying. I also did not add her to my list of actresses because I knew she'd be on yours. Well, duh. (laughs) Um, And then uh, more recently from... The video game Resident Evil 7, uh, the main villain is named Evie, and she is all kinds of messed up and really terrifying. Can I mention Maleficent from the Kingdom Hearts games because I'm obsessed with her? Yes. I mean, Maleficent's basically a straight-up <laughs> horror villain, even in, like, original. I mean, I mean yeah, what, what are her motivations? She's terrifying. Nobody knows. She's just evil. Exactly. And I think Disney has a lot of terrifying villainesses. You've got Ursula. You've got Maleficent. You've got Medusa from Rescuers Down Under. Who's crazy? Oh. Um, there are so many. So many. Lady Tremaine from Cinderella. Um, Disney does evil women well. Yes, because they know what make. Yeah, I, I think they knew how to play with those stereotypes. And they, they knew how to flip it on its head. And... You know, I, I, you know, tangent, I once had a neighbor up at college, a dorm neighbor, and he and I would swap books together. And I remember one day he told me he didn't like any female villains at all. And I was really intrigued. I asked you, I said, why do you not like female villains? And he said, I just hold women on such a high pedestal that for them to be evil, I think is a worse crime than for a man to be evil. That's sexist. Well, I thought. I uh, yeah, I totally. I, agree. I thought it was interesting because I thought, is have horror writers played to that kind of idealism? Like, well, I, I would argue definitely that that I I had a a fair amount of trouble thinking of my favorite female horror villains because one there just aren't that many, and I, I'll add the caveat that I I would argue that you know some of the the big horror female villains aren't really villains like. For example, we have Carrie White, who, like, I mean, she she does go kind of full meltdown, killing people at the end, but it, like, most of the, the book slash films is, you know, really the story of her 
getting bullied into just a snapping point. Um, so, I mean, I I hardly consider her a villain. Or, you know, Reagan from The Exorcist. She's she's not a villain. She's a possessed little girl. The real monster is the monster that is possessing her. You know, we have a lot of these characters that, you know, that people are like, oh yeah, that is a great female horror villain. But so often it's it's that those are actual victims. And, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. But again, I think to undermine the ability for the female gender to be a villain is very sexy. Yes, I, I just, I find it an intriguing topic to delve into. <laughs> yeah. Or even the idea that, you know, it's a greater crime for a woman to be evil than a man. Again, I don't think that's right. fair. And being someone who's been very traumatized by a woman, they're just as capable as men oh, I, to do terrible, oh, exactly. terrible things. And I, I don't want to, that to sound like, you know, it sounds kind of no, but there are abusive men, there are abusive women, there are abusive exactly. people who identify exactly. in many different ways. It, it's it's based on your personal choices, and I think I don't. I kind you kind of have to get Socratic about it. Like what what's the essence of a woman? What's the essence of a man? And the more you break into that, I think the more you find these superpowers, and you can either use them for good or evil. And so I love that the horror genre plays with that with both men and women. Agreed. But along those lines, I feel like. You know, this is actually you know an area where where horror is lacking because there aren't that many women who are are you know the the big villains of of these horror stories. You know, there are definitely some really great examples of women that are, but a lot of times you know we we actually run into a, a really peculiar thing that that you see over and over and over again in horror. You know, the the instance of seeing a character that appears female but ends up being male being the villain um and some examples of this would be like in the insidious films this you know creepy old hag lady that's haunting patrick wilson's character you know since childhood it's actually a a you know serial killer man who dresses as a woman but you could argue his mom was the real villain because she tortured him for not being born the right sex that she wanted so he tried to change himself for her <laughs> but but i mean ultimately you know that that's the reveal oh it's a man this is true Oh, or even, you know, with, with Psycho, if if you're watching that, you know, without uh, a knowledge of, you know, the, the twist and, and realizing that, that Norman is the the killer, you know, you spend a lot of the film thinking that Norman's mother is the one who came in and stabbed Janet Lee, And that's not the case. She's She's been dead for a long time. Or, or the, the famous, you know, reveal at the end of uh, Sleepaway Camp where, oh, the... the killer that that you thought is a woman oh yep you see your penis oh it's a, actually a guy who has been you know forced into acting like a woman or even actually in uh the book versions of the ring um sadako uh, the equivalent of samara um is actually a hermaphrodite and you know and that's like a big reveal in the book and so i i find it really weird that that we see over and over again in a lot of horror that the women villains end up being men or end up being something else entirely. Right. Well, I also, you know, up until recently, there's been a lot of fear of of that kind of thing, of people not fitting into their roles. I mean, of like transgender people. And side note, we, you know, totally love you. We're not sitting, not saying anything bad about you folks. We're just saying that it's interesting that that's considered, uh, you know, a staple of horror. And in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they have very strong opinions on that. Oh, yeah. And we talked a lot about that when we discussed The Silence of the Lambs, that that movie got a ton of kickback from the trans community. But I, I want to kind of bring it back to women in particular, um, 
you know, I love the trans community. I want to focus though on women. Okay. Here. Well, well. <laughs> and and I just have a counterpoint to you, Nathaniel. I think it's important to remember though that we do have some incredible, incredible movies right now that do feature female villains. You know, look at the witch. Um, the witch is a terrible, terrible villain. The mother is a terrible, terrible villain. Um, Hereditary, I think, is another fantastic portrayal of this. The grandmother, at the end of the day, is the real antagonist. She's the villain who set all of these these events in place. Right. So I think we're getting better. I agree with you that, you know, kind of in the golden age of horror, especially in the 80s, early 90s, even in the early 2000s, we America did struggle with this idea that, you know... It always had to be a man who was causing the pain and the heartache and and all of that. Yeah, well, but I mean, just the fact that like you know, even the Insidious films are are pretty recent. Um, I mean, the first one was what like oh eight, and and you know we had the fourth one come out a year or two ago. Like, I don't know. I I just find it kind of problematic that you know we we have this kind of tendency, or I mean, not everyone obviously, but. But there's there seems to be this tendency in horror to be afraid of having a woman be evil. Like I, agree. I, I think that's I agree. that's definitely a problem and that's something that I would like to see uh, us move away from. Another movie I just thought of that has a female villain is The Conjuring. You know, you've got Bathsheba, oh my who's goodness. this witch slash villainess slash demon, who's not really a demon, whatever, we can talk about that later. Um, also, the Annabelle movie, The Nun. But, but um, I mean, I would argue that, that Annabelle and Valak are both not really women. They're, they're demons that are in the form of women. And so, I mean, once again, we, we don't that, actually have a, a woman being a villain. We have a monster that's pretending to be a woman. No, well, okay. So is the monster male or female? That is the real question here. And 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 we you don't know, have is, a, a do clear. demons. Yeah, do demons have a gender? Do I mean that's the thing that you're you're really asking here? And and I mean it doesn't really directly address that. And and I'm not saying that that's necessarily uh, the wrong decision in those cases. But I just feel like a lot of times we have an opportunity to have a villain that that could be female, and and even with those films you know yeah once again those are those are two like oh yeah well the nun or or annabelle but it ultimately it's it's something else that's just pretending to be those things and, and i i agree with you in some points with that you know again i hearken back to this idea that these monsters you know in the research that i've done there is a lot of you know a lot of the demons are portrayed as men but you get deeper into the research and a lot of supernatural entities especially demons are not gender specific so again i think it can go both ways i think there are some fantastic movies out there that are kind of starting to get into this you know females have capability to be villains as well yeah i mean oh i thought of another fun female horror villain that would be one that probably wouldn't think of offhand it from it because it is a yeah but because it is a female but like creature that lays eggs at least in the book uh, so it is uh, definitely female maybe it's just you just maybe... like counterpointed my entire <laughs> no but... no it is a genderless in the movies so ah you, maybe it is you is like it's a it's like a seahorse but it's a clown and it just carries the eggs <laughs> <laughs> 
But it's like, I'm talking about like the spidery thing that its <laughs> ultimate true form is. I'm just saying it lays eggs, so it must be female. Let's wrap it up by talking about some of those amazing actresses <laughs> out there who really have done a phenomenal job. And I'm going first because I have a wonderful list that I'm excited to go okay. about. First off, the one, the only, our favorite, Tony Collette. Not only in Hereditary, but do you know she was in The Sixth Sense? Totally space she was not in The Sixth that. Sense today. And, and Krampus. Uh, fantastic actress. Next up is someone we've talked about recently a few times is Lulu Wilson. She's in the Ouija movies as well as the Annabelle movie, Annabelle Creation, um, and The Hill House. I think this little girl has a lot of potential. Yeah, she's awesome. Next up. We've got Millie Bobby Brown, who is a saint. I love that little girl. She is amazing. Her portrayal of Eleven in Stranger Things, it's mind-blowing that a girl her age has that much talent in her pinky. Holy moly. Um, To compliment her, of course, Winona Ryder, also in Stranger Things, that first season, the heartbreak she shows for losing her son is just unbearable almost. And if we're going to talk about Winona, we need to talk about all of her like awesome other horror or, and horror adjacent roles, like her in Beetlejuice or her in Heather's or yes. just, I don't know, so many great things. She's amazing. Just her whole career. Courtney Cox in Scream. I think she does a brilliant job in Scream. Um, I love the Scream franchise. I think it does a really good job at what it intends to do. And I think Courtney really just leans into her character. So you're not going to talk about um, Nev Campbell in Scream as well? however you say her first name i liked courtney better courtney's got range not to mention she confronts the real horror of ocd and friends (laughs) (laughs) um next up is mia farrow from the original rosemary's baby yes this woman is a genius holy moly her facial expressions throughout the entire movie just blow me away we already mentioned a little bit in The Exorcist, little Linda Blair who plays Reagan. Can you can you just like put your mind into like an 11-year-old girl being possessed by Pazuzu? Like that girl had to have gone to some dark places while they made The Exorcist. And three cheers, Linda. You kicked ass. You kicked ass. Next up is Emily Blunt. All yes, I have to queen. say is the bath the bathtub <laughs> scene. The bathtub yep. scene. A quiet way place. to go, Emily. Way to go in that, and then way to make our hearts melt in Mary Poppins. You got range, Emily. And she has an amazing voice. It's fine. I'm not jealous. Oh, it's so true. Um, we've talked a lot about Jana Lee from the original Psycho. Jane Levy in The Evil Dead, the uh, kind of remake of it, um, terrified me the first time I saw it. I thought she was insanely good, especially when she is possessed by the demons. She was also... Um, probably the best part of Don't Breathe, which is a movie I didn't love, but she was good in it. And also, she's really fun in Castle Rock. Also, I love Anya Taylor-Joy in The Witch. This is the girl who kind of goes, is kind of the protagonist throughout the entire movie. This girl goes through some dark stuff in The Witch, and I think she's absolutely brilliant. And, and she was also good in uh, Split. I have heard she's good in Glass. I haven't watched Glass yet. And I can't freaking wait for her in the New Mutants. Yeah, horror X Men movie, and she is playing Colossus's sister, Magic, and I'm really? so excited. Okay, that is super exciting. 
Also, I've got Sophia Lillis. We kind of mentioned her in our very, very first episode, which was It. Um, this girl is a girl to watch, I think. I think she's going to have some really awesome opportunities. Shelley Duvall in The Shining. Honestly, I think she is more terrifying than anything else I think else she in gives such a good movie. performance, though. She's so emotionally raw. Oh, she's like an exposed she, nerve. And, <laughs> and that's why I liked her. You know, The Shining yes, has its faults. Of course. But her acting and her facial expressions and her emotions ugh, are... Right, and the way she tries to work through things because she just can't comprehend that she would be betrayed in such a way. And she's always trying to make the best of everything. I think, yeah, she's fascinating. I think that she should Uh, have only been olive oil in Popeye and that she should have never done any other acting ever because I cannot stand her. Popeye! My final and most terrifying woman in all of horror is the one, the only, Charlize Theron. This woman terrifies me her dior commercials just make my skin <laughs> i think she's radiant and beautiful but good lord below charlise you scare me you scare me so much i say we i do not ever want to meet her in an alley i say we drop max in the middle of south africa and see how he handles the women <laughs> <sighs> She is terrifying. She just has this air of sophistication and this stunning, radiant beauty. Um, but also, she has the best resting bitch face that I think I've ever seen in my life. Like every toddler she walks past is immediately obedient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Charlize, you do yeah. things. In Mad me. Max, I wouldn't have crossed her. Anytime someone tried to cross her, I just couldn't help but think how stupid they were. <laughs> right, right. Anyway, so those are like 13 of probably my favorite females in horror right now. So I have a list too. Of course, I, I agree you know, with several of, of yours. So ones I want to add is uh, Heather Lingenkamp from the Nightmare on Elm Street films. She's awesome. And she's in three of them. And she is in the best of those movies. So yeah. Um, I'm a really big fan of Catherine Isabel, uh, who is Ginger in the Ginger Snaps films. She's also... Oh, yeah, totally. I forgot about that one. Uh, she's also in the television show Hannibal, which is my very favorite show of all time. Um, and she was superb. Wow. And uh, she's also in like a bunch of Sasuke Sisters films, which I'm not a huge fan of the Sasuke Sisters, but I think she's still a really good actress. I also really like Kate Siegel, who we've talked about in a bunch of our stuff lately because she is in all of Mike Flanagan's movies because she's married to him but she's a phenomenal actress and I really like her in all of all of his stuff of course Jamie Lee Curtis we need to talk about her because she's amazing Jamie Lee what what I don't know I I think of Jamie Lee Curtis and I think of Freaky Friday and it's really hard for me to disassociate the two that sounds like a personal problem I did not love the remake of the Halloween or the sequel or whatever. I haven't you seen call it yet. It. No spoilers. I don't know. I don't know. Nathaniel, you can hate Shelley Duvall. I can hate Jamie Lee Curtis. It's okay. We're cool. We're, We're not fine. just talking about her in Halloween, though. She's in a butt ton of horror movies. Metric butt ton. Yeah, but again, but again, I think of Freaky Friday and I think of Lindsay Lohan and I think of You Made Me the Crypt Keeper. And that's just where. Yeah, that just shows off her amazing range as a wonderful actress, so you can shove it. Also, okay. So, All right. Side co- I'm glad that I, you can have an opinion and I can't. Hey, you clearly need to see a fish <laughs> called Wanda. Yeah, she's hilarious. Because that, that will help you see more of her range. <laughs> Anywho, um, I also have to talk about Sigourney Weaver because Sigourney freaking Weaver. 
as we've oh man and taylor you better watch out if she's ever in the same room as nathaniel you're gonna have some competition that's okay i every day i give more and more i add more and more celebrities to my list nathaniel just has to deal with it (laughs) deal deal we're we're both in love with terry cruz right now well who isn't as we <laughs> as we all should but, but yeah i just wanted to mention that yeah not only is sigourney weaver amazing 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 in all of the well most of the alien films she's not in all of them um but she's also in freaking ghostbusters y'all and she's amazing in that so yeah i wanted to also bring up uh sarah michelle geller because she's yeah. in a lot of horror movies and she's also buffy so yeah all right well i'm not done <laughs> Oh boy. Wow, oh boy. you guys are so good at keeping to the time limit. I thought girls were the ones that talked forever. Hey, we're gushing over women we love. Vera Farmiga is also one I really like. She is in the Conjuring films as Lorraine Warren. She's phenomenal. I really, really like her too. I'm glad you said her. And she's also really good in Bates Motel. She isn't like my favorite show, but she's really good as Norma Bates. Are you guys so excited to see Lupita Nyongo in Us? Yes. Because I. Yes. She's also one of our favorites for just because she's an amazing artist. <laughs> so we're very excited to see her range in this film. None of these ladies have anything on Shirley's thing, though. <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> well, Taylor, did you want to talk about Carolyn Jones now? Oh, Carolyn Jones. Oh, I just love her. I love I love all the women that paved the way in the 50s and 60s for the weird to become more mainstream and it made it more acceptable to make either horror horror comedies and dramas i mean you look at elvira you look at the original morticia and the 90s morticia i do love them both and like monsters lily's all right i mean she was pretty contrived but the actress did a really good job with her but yeah and not only is carolyn jones the original morticia adams but she is also in house of wax and also in the original invasion of the body snatchers so i also wanted to just talk about instead of just actresses uh, some of the uh, creators we see in horror today. So specifically like directors and writers. Of course, I have talked uh, on a previous episode about how much I love Shirley Jackson because she is basically one of the greatest horror writers to have ever lived. Um, so obviously she is pretty much at the top of my list. Of course, there's Mary Shelley. She was a genius and Frankenstein was a heartbreaking horror masterpiece. There's uh Daphne du Maurier, uh, who wrote a lot of thrillers as well as horror. Uh, she is a brilliant writer who just, she, uh, that woman could write. Yeah, Shirley Jackson would be my favorite. <laughs> uh, the way she gets into the psychology of the corners of the mind, the subconscious, the parts that you don't realize you have in common with everyone else. So I would say Shirley Jackson's my favorite author who's in the horror genre. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, and then Charlotte Perkins Gilman, who wrote, of course, The Yellow Wallpaper, which is a brilliant horror masterpiece that's very psychological and very strong feminist piece. I also really like some uh, modern horror writers, uh, such as Lauren Bucus, um, who wrote The Shining Girls and um, Beautiful Monsters. She is a South African author, and she's really awesome. Um, I really like Anya Alborn. She is a another modern horror writer who writes some really good stuff. Um, and kind of along a different line, I really uh, enjoy the horror poet, Linda Addison. 
Uh, and not just because she uh, was my editor uh, for the only thing I've gotten published so far, a poem, um, but she is a, a multiple Stoker Award-winning poet who writes really creepy, really beautiful poetry. She's amazing. So say her name one more time for a little bit of shameless plugging. Linda Addison. <laughs> one thing, or and then going on to uh, female directors, there's... I actually had a hard time thinking of very many horror directors that are female. Um, I mean, there's like the Saska sisters and who have done a bunch of movies that I'm not a huge fan of, but I mean, it's awesome that they're making horror, but like ones I, I really liked was like Jennifer Kent, uh, who did the Babadook. I think that was a really impressive feat of filmmaking uh, there or um, Karen Kusana, um, who did like the invitation. I thought was another great horror film. Yeah, I love both of those. The Babadook is phenomenal, and especially The Invitation is a very kind of not well-known horror movie. You can watch it on Netflix, and it's very good. Really what I want to say, though, is is just that I just want more. Um, I, I, I want there to be you know, even more books, even more movies being created by women horror creators. And and, and I also just want there to be, you know, kind of a, a, a greater public awareness of, of those when they do come out. You know, I don't want it to have to be a sort of a, a niche thing. Like, I, I want there to be... Yeah, it needs to be the status quo, not a niche thing. And yeah. not just with women, but women of all races, women of color um, have a lot to contribute to the horror genre. Women of just any any race, any perspective that you can lend, I think that they just need equal advertising because they are part of the status quo. Absolutely. And we've covered a lot of material that's already out there. And I echo you, Nathaniel. I just want to see it grow and develop in in so many more new, unique ways. I think there's a lot of potential. And really, it's about time. Mm -hmm. You know, I I mean, years and years of cinematic masterpieces. It's time. It's time to embrace this. And how often do you hear like, oh, this thing you know about was actually made by a woman, but we didn't, but it's not really well known. And it's, it's exactly. interesting. And I think we need to just, you know, allow people to be themselves. There's a quote I love, and I'm going to butcher it. I apologize. But um, the author, Mary Robinette Kowal, tweeted once. She said, you know, it's not about diversity for the sake of diversity. It's about the lack of homogeneity, if I'm saying that, homogeneity. Yeah, it's about the lack of homogeneity, meaning it's just for the sake of realism. You need to reflect, you know, what the people around you are actually like and who is actually around you and how many perspectives there are to go from. And I, I don't know. That's one of my favorite quotes from her. Totally agree. Why something like a, a Women in Horror Month is, is valuable is because ultimately, you know, we're having a conversation about expanding the perspectives that we're seeing and and you know regardless of if that is female perspectives or or any other perspective basically you know if if you are a person who doesn't feel like you are that that your uh, voice is being represented in horror make something you know make make horror art that that we can enjoy be it a book be it a movie be it you know a poem anything you know, I, I want more diverse horror because as I become more and more well-rounded in, in the horror I'm consuming, I, I, I'm surprised and, and thrilled every day. You know, I, I, I recently watched uh, an Iranian horror film. I watched Under the Shadow. But, you know, that, that was a totally different, fresh perspective for me. No matter what perspective you have, if it's something that, that we're not seeing, then yeah, please make horror. Because 
I want to see what scares you and, and want to see how that how 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 that can scare me as well. All right. Well, you guys, I think this is really one of our most powerful episodes. I think I think we did a good tribute to all those amazing women out there. Any closing thoughts? I really want to tell our exciting news. Okay. Oh my gosh. I'm going to fangirl all over this place here in a second. Fitting for women in horror month? (laughs) (laughs) I mentioned earlier that I read the book, My Best Friend's Exorcism. It's written by a phenomenal author by the name of Grady Hendrix. And Nathaniel actually outreached to him and we're going to interview him. And I'm so excited. And it's going to be a great episode. It will be a really amazing opportunity. And I'm very humbled that he has offered to do this for us. Yeah, we're really excited. So it, it probably won't be the next episode we release, but probably the one after that. And I hope you all have noticed that we have committed to getting a routine recording schedule down. We have a lot in store this year. We're really excited to get the ball going. Okay, let's give a shout out to all the ladies that listen to this podcast. I would personally like to give a huge horror shout out to three of my favorite females right now. Uh, The first one would be the delightful Cassidy Adams, who is married to my brother. She is phenomenal, and she's actually Cassidy George. That's kind of crazy. And then I have two amazing co-workers who really support support this podcast, and actually three. I thought of another one. I talk about my podcast all the time at work, so apparently I'm forcing people to listen. Hashtag shameless. Uh, Shannon Hafford, Kiara Amato, and Lindsay Stark. You guys are great supporters, and thank you for everything that you do, for giving me ideas about the podcast, and honestly, just for listening. You make you make it worth it. And thanks to all those ladies or dudes out there. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Need even more Scream Kings? Here's our obligatory shameless social media plug. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Screen Kings Pod. You could also email us at ScreenKingsPodcast at gmail.com. Help us reach a wider audience of horror fans by leaving a review on iTunes or by sharing a link on social media. You can also support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash Screen Kings. Stay spooky.